Welcome to the Nifty Podcast presented by Party Fish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all over the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2022 in Seattle, Washington. My name is Harley Foose and I'm an outreach coordinator and programmer with Nifty. I'm so excited to be here with Anatola Araba today who is the writer, director, producer of an animated short called Afro Algorithms. Welcome, Anatola. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, yeah, so excited for this. Um, Do you wanna just give a, a brief intro about yourself? I would love to. I am a filmmaker from New York City and I created Afro Algorithms, which is a 3D animated short film in the Afrofuturist genre that explores the topics of AI and bias. It takes place in the distant future when an AI named Arrow is inaugurated as the world's first AI leader and realizes that important information is missing from her data bank. So she goes on an enchanting journey to find this missing data and learn the tools she needs to lead the world into a better future. Thank you so much. That was a great intro about yourself and the film. Um, What inspired you to make this project? I was really inspired by things that I learned about bias in algorithms and technology. I remember seeing a art exhibit at NYU where it was a, a black female artificial intelligence robot speaking to transmedia artist Stephanie Dinkins about where her consciousness or intelligence as an AI comes from. And she argued that it came from the wellspring of humanity because it were was humans who made her. And I remember later also at NYU, I was reading a book, it was called Weapons of Math Destruction by Kathy O'Neill. And that book opened my eyes to how big data companies or big technology companies like Google, let's say, I viewed them as more neutral when in fact they were still perpetuating certain stereotypes against a group of people. And that was all due to algorithmic bias. So it was really just me being a big nerd about artificial intelligence that led me to distill everything that I was learning about into Afro algorithms. Yeah, that's really cool. It brings up so many really important topics. Um, So yeah, I'd love to hear more about why you chose to tell this story to illuminate the issues with bias in AI and What are some potential solutions that either that the film puts forth or that you think could help remedy this? Well, I was interested in exploring how the technology could be made more inclusive and found that in some cases it's that these technologies don't have enough data from historically marginalized people, so they don't operate properly for them. Um, Like in the case of facial recognition algorithms, not having enough black faces that they're trained on, so then they're just poor at identifying them. But then in other cases, the problem is that there's too much black data for these programs, and then black people become more vulnerable, for instance, in technology that's used in the criminal justice system to incarcerate people or convict people of crimes and they will match people and and target 
already vulnerable communities. So in the film, I present more of the solution of how we use the data and not exactly what or how much data they're being trained on. Mm-hmm. And it's really to more be programmed with and think of the future that we're trying to create or maybe a world of more inclusion and just more equitability overall and then kind of working backwards from there and being programmed to use whatever data you're given to try to work towards the future you want to build because since artificial intelligence is trained on data and data as it stands now is a reflection of history and our history is very racist and other things like that Mm -hmm. that we can't really deny it's hard to say you know as we're trying to make a better system that ai would just perpetuate all of the terrible things we've already been dealing with so basically to have a more imaginative and innovative approach to how we use the data in our technology yeah that's so interesting because it seemed like in in the film um the solution was sort of not just to give Arrow more information, but to give her more skills to think more freely and imaginatively. Yeah, because in the film, she is both uploaded with new information from leaders whose stories have been suppressed in the past, but she's also given the ability to unlock her codes of creativity. (laughs) And that was really the moral of the story is to have a creative approach and imagining the world that we want to build. And it's funny to think of an artificial intelligence being creative anyways, even though there are people making, using AI to design artwork or to write songs and music, but the creativity that it's referring to here is just the power to see something and then imagine it being a different way. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I think that segues perfectly into another one of my questions, which is why you think it's important to use art to talk about these topics, because, you know, there's so many different ways you could approach solving these issues in tech and the bias in AI and machine learning, but why do you think it's important to make art about it? I think that art, and especially sci-fi in particular, it is an entertaining way to spark really important conversations about these topics, about race and technology and where the future is headed. and. It's also very palatable because algorithms and like technology and AI, it can feel like a very dense, heavy topic, but it really was talked about in a way that someone would understand it, even if they've never heard the word algorithm before. Mm-hmm. So it makes the information accessible to a wide audience and makes the problem very easy to understand. So we can start to talk about it. And in this project, I also just wanted to inspire people to think of the future that they want to create so that everyone can be their own arrow, which is the AI in a sense, and be creative in changing their future the way they want it. And yeah, I feel like there's so much change that needs to happen through 
political systems or what have you, but storytelling and storytelling has always brought communities together. So I do think it is important tool to address certain issues like this. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. I love how accessible the story is and I could, it, it, it could appeal to so many different people of different ages or like, I'm sure anyone who's not familiar with AI can grasp it, but it seems like there's stuff in there that if you are more familiar, you might catch on to it. Yeah, because it was also exactly like you said, where if you are so unfamiliar, you'll understand it. And if you're an expert, there's also tool things in there for you that you will see and you'll be like, oh. Could you give some examples of those Easter eggs for the more uh, expert? My favorite Easter egg is when Arrow, the AI robot, gets uploaded with new leaders in her databank. There's images of the leaders that there are, and one of them that floats by the screen and is easier to see because it's more in the front, and there's a bunch of other images in the back, is that of Joy Boilamweenie, who is a former MIT PhD candidate who did, was in the documentary Coded Bias on Netflix and also conducted the research study Gender Shades from MIT, who was my biggest inspiration and just um, an overall badass in like making AI bias more, more, bringing more awareness to AI bias. That is so cool. So we're, yeah, I did notice all of those, um, images going past and I was wondering if every single one of them was like intentionally chosen. Oh yeah, every single one was very intentionally chosen. And I worked with what I call a Pan-African leader consultant to make sure that they were all black or leaders from across the African diaspora who were really impactful in history, but also not really widely recognized. Mm -hmm. I did some research on my own, but I also worked with my friend who is studying and becoming in in her PhD program for Pan-African studies. And every single one I did think through to make sure that they should be there. That's amazing. Wow, that's, I find that really fascinating because the, it was so open-ended with the two, like, creators of Arrow, like, you know, they're saying you only have select information and you need all this other information, and we don't really know the specifics of, like, what their thoughts are or who those leaders are, but then you put in, with such extreme detail, all of these leaders, so, yeah, can you talk about that that choice? There's a lot of different kinds of leaders in there from from authors like Alice Walker or Bell Hooks, but another person is Asada Shakur, who I liked being in there because she was like really huge in the in dedicating her life to advocating for the black liberation movement but she's still to this day wanted and is a fugitive so i thought that was a perfect example of how someone from coming from a certain perspective could see her as a criminal or someone you wouldn't want to learn from and then someone else would see her as an inspiration and another funny easter egg that i 
I appreciate in mm-hmm. the film is that when Arrow is trying to go into the cave or the subterranean home where Dr. Richards lives, who is one of the scientists who made her, who has a different perspective than her main creator, mm-hmm. she has to get in. There's a holographic gate blocking the entrance, but in order for it to open, um, she her face has to be scanned by this doorbell and the doorbell has a large screen on it and it scans her face kind of like a facial recognition algorithm uh-huh and as i was mentioning before it is known and proven that a lot of facial recognition algorithms at the largest tech companies have the highest error rates for darker skinned women of any demographic and often have a hard time recognizing their faces and in this case it was a robot or an AI itself whose face was being scanned but she was not able to enter because of what the facial recognition algorithm saw. So I just thought that was funny that it's kind of flipped in Mm -hmm. this case. Yeah, no, that is really interesting. I think that that sort of goes into my next question, which is like, I found it so interesting that the character of Arrow was so personified both in like the way that the voice acting and the animation was, but also the fact that she sort of has free will, even though she's AI. And I think that's really different from a lot of people's perception of robots or AI. So I'd love to just hear you talk about that. It might seem like she has free will because she disobeys her orders and goes to do something she wants to do despite that. But I was really thinking about and trying to make it all still fit into her being a robot in that she is programmed to believe that she has all of the information from previous leaders in history to help her make decisions. So once she learns that she's missing a piece of data that should be there, she would naturally not stop at anything until she finds that data. So even though it was a very human instinct to go and find something for herself, it was also a robot instinct where there is an error and no matter what humans are telling her, she needs to go and fix that error. So it was still a logistical move mm-hmm. and not necessarily an emotional one, but but also like seems emotional because because it's about a robot finding this information, but it's also just like a coming of age story about a child, you know, disobeying her mother's orders and going beyond the world that her parents told her to believe and what they taught her was mm-hmm. true and learning what she actually believes is true. And that's the journey that Arrow is going on. That's so interesting. So it's it's sort of like even something that fits exactly in robot logic also you know resonates with us on a human level and maybe it's just that robots and humans aren't so different after all exactly i think i love to say that this is it's about ai but it's a really about human nature and that arrow has this programming but we're all influenced by our social and cultural programming from where we grow up and the lessons that we learn and the things we were told and that just like Arrow had to realize and and question her programming to become something bigger, we probably have to do that too. Mm-hmm. And especially in certain inequality issues that we're dealing with as a society, we just have to question 
our programming and the way we were taught to view people and realize that their perspectives are valuable and we should use that in our database, so to speak, to help us make mm -hmm. decisions and not perpetuate the inequalities of the past. So it's definitely all related to humans and the errors we have as a society. And it's just kind of a big metaphor in this AI story. Yeah, well said. Well said. So I'd like to switch gears a little bit and ask you about the animation process and why you chose to tell the story with the 3D animation style specifically. This was my first animated project, but I had always loved animation because this, the world, this project, it takes place in a floating city and the character travels through an enchanting forest. And it was so liberating to be able to design that and craft it in such a unique and surreal style with 3D animation instead of using, say, CGI or other elements to make it as surreal um, as I wanted it to be. So also working through the pandemic, animation was an amazing way to bypass issues around being together on set because it's naturally, it was easy to do a virtual workflow. Mm -hmm. And we brought together a really international team. So we were able to work, you know, across oceans, but still, still be unified and making the same project happen. Whoa, that's amazing. Can you break it down for me? Like what the process was and who were these collaborators in all these different places? Yeah, so the main 3D animator for the characters is Duru Azubuki, who is based in Nigeria out of a studio called Magic Carpet Animation Studios. And he and his t small team of animators worked on all of the character animations and were really my animation guardian angels. And I also worked with a 3D designer and environment animator to craft, bring to life the cities that were there and also the forest and certain buildings like the dome that the robot and her scientists live in and the subterranean home cave that the scientist Dr. Richards lives in. We were working together while he was based in South Africa and then all of them, they really, they modeled it and brought it to life so beautifully. And I painted and designed the, the concept sketches that they worked off of. And then we had our music composer who created original music for the project who was based in Paris, France. And then we also used a song called The Gold by Ava Rain. And Ava Rain is the voice of Arrow the main character in the project, and she's also a singer, so we also were able to use her song in the project. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, was the, the fact that you had all these international collaborators something you set out to do, or did it just happen like that? That was completely accidental, and then, but after it happened, I was not mad about it. I think I was like attracted to their animation styles, and the second that I saw their work, I thought I couldn't imagine a better animator to create these characters. Also, in the world of 3D animation, it is a thing where it's hard to create things like black hair or just like making unique black characters. And so they had such a 
breadth of amazing black characters that they had made and they also just had an excellent style and aesthetic and so I knew I wanted to work with them and I didn't know them previously so I I just found out where they were based and it didn't matter because because it was like about the art essentially that's awesome I mean it it seems like that really jives with the the idea behind the project it's futuristic and pan-african and yeah and so it was really brought to life by an international like pan-african team as well because all of the main people from i mean me the cast all the animators music um were all just from across the diaspora or on the continent or you know so Mm -hmm. so yeah it definitely upholds that in the story and in the team making it happen. That's amazing. Well, cool. We're starting to reach the end of the podcast. So I just want to make sure we have some time to ask you what you're working on now and what we can expect from you in the future. Yeah, most definitely. I'm working on a few exciting projects, including a short film created for the art installation space and museum spaces that combines experimental film with volumetric filmmaking, which is where you use depth sensors and a camera to capture footage of someone in real time, but the picture that is created is almost like this beautiful hologram. And I'm trying to play with that, working on the beginnings of another project that is it combines elements of random acts of flyness and midnight gospel which is on Netflix. So I'm very excited for what is in store, and I'm just excited to continue to tell stories that push boundaries and that combine film and emerging technologies to ultimately inspire people and spark really important conversations. That's great. I can't wait to see those projects and see what you do next. Um, For people who are interested in following along with your work, where can we find you online? Absolutely. Feel free to connect with me on my website at anatolaaraba.com or you can follow me on Instagram at anatolaaraba or on Twitter at anatolaaraba. TikTok, I'm there sometimes. Anatola Araba, just everywhere basically. Afro Algorithms also has its own website and social media on www.afroalgorithms.com or Instagram at afroalgorithms. Yeah, so you can definitely go to that website and sign up for updates and it'll be at another at amazing festivals and then you'll be able to watch it online and definitely stay tuned for other projects that are in the works. Great. And if people missed Afro Algorithms at Nifty, can they expect to see it somewhere else soon? Absolutely. You'll be able to watch it on Dust, which is an amazing sci-fi platform for thought-provoking films. You can find them on YouTube or at dust.tv or watch Dust on Instagram. Well, I can't wait for that. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Anatola. It was so great to talk to you. Thank you. And if you do watch Afro Algorithms, let me know your thoughts on Instagram or wherever you can find me because I love to hear what you guys think. Fantastic. Well, thank you. And thanks for listening. For more information on Nifty 2022 or upcoming events, the talented youth and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram and TikTok at Nifty Film. 
For more podcasts on Party Fish Media, search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website at partyfish.media. Party Fish Media Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliot Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.